Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <laughs> okay, good morning. It's Wednesday, August 31st. It is the end of the month. This month has been horrific. July was a good month. Um, this month is horrible. I am live on Twitch right now. If you guys want to watch me record, literally I'll show you me on the, um, I think it's a video. It's just literally I have it on my phone. I tried to go live on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to, my, my goal is to screen share some of this stuff with you guys. And I tried to go live on YouTube, but the screen share didn't work. So there's like a two minute thing of me trying to share my screen. Um, I tried this morning. It was more than two minutes. I just went live for two minutes to try and see if it would do it, but it did not. So I didn't go live. So I'm live on Twitch, but it's on my phone. Can't share my screen, but you guys can see it. Um, let's look at the notes real quick. Um, there was an interesting, I'll start out with Corey from Instagram because Corey asked me a question. Um, about CE, the stock that Warren Buffett recently got into. He is uh, brand new to this one, and it is uh, Selenese Corporation. And and I didn't, haven't done the research into it. It just did have a MACD cross down uh, August 30th yesterday. So you got out with a 3% loss. The algorithm doesn't do great on this one. The algorithm actually loses you 19%. Versus actually buying and holding makes you 7%, which is a Buffett stock. Um, there's only nine wins out of 29 positions over a thousand candles. So it's not great. It's really, really not good. Um, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. I think the gain is a little bit high. So uh, sorry about blowing everybody's ears out uh, at the beginning. But um, Selenese Corporation, let's look it up in Finviz. Uh, they have a PE of 6.23. Uh, the company is a technology and specialty materials company, manufactures and sells high-performance engineering polymers in the United States and internationally. This is right up Buffett's alley, materials company. Um, you know, something that probably is not going to uh, significantly um, take off, grow in the near term. It's not going to be a trader's paradise. Um, the dividend is 2.41, so they have a good one. Year-to-date performance is down 32%. He loves buying beaten-down stocks that will uh, eventually go back up. The last two uh, analyst recommendations downgrade from Citigroup. Uh, they downgraded it and put the price target from 143 to 118. Um, and on July 13th, RBC Capital uh, moved it from an outperform to a sector performance with a 116 um, Price target. It's trading at 112, so it's not far off where it where it really is, where where quote unquote should be. Um, so, um, Corey, I don't know that I'd necessarily. I mean, never question Buffett uh, with something like that. Look at his Occidental Petroleum. He started buying that in the 30s, I think. Um, today it's at 70. Uh, let's see where Oxy is. It was down earlier. Yeah, $70.30. Um, it's, it's got that dovetail, and I'll kind of go into this later. It might be time to take some, uh, some profits in some of these energy names. The RSIs are coming down. It probably was about two or three days too late. Um, so I think some of you guys have reached out to me. I think Alexis reached out to me and said, hey, should I get rid of my energy names? I'm like, eh, don't know. I'm holding on to them. Looks like she was correct in getting out of them. Um, because they, they're still in a two, three, four percent downturn per day. Devin's down two percent today. So, um, but in regards to CE, um, I don't know that it's a great time to get in. I also don't know that I'd necessarily pick this as one of Buffett's greats. Um, do I think that it's going back up to 144? 
I don't know enough about the uh, the underlying business to say that, but with analysts bringing down typically analyst estimates, um, and when they set price targets, they're usually all over the place. Um, uh, Selenese announces August twenty fourth award to develop long acting refillable drug delivery solution. Buffett's into healthcare. We we know that Buffett's into um, uh, material companies. This kind of fits exactly where he wants to be. Uh, I don't know it's where I want to be. I don't know enough about it. I, I'd say stay away from it for right now. There seems to be enough analyst downgrades and enough uh, issues um, that I wouldn't actually get into this one. The, the, what's interesting about this one is it's a, in, in, um, it's a materials company in Finviz in Fidelity. It's listed out as a chemical co- chemicals company, and it's down for fifty week, fifty two week performance, down twenty nine percent. One of its um, competitors is Exxon. Exxon. Now Exxon is up seventy four percent year to date. So which one would you rather have? But which one, you know, again, I, I, I own Exxon. The other competitor that it has is Eastman Chemical. Um, the industry average for chemicals is up 1% per this year to date. So they are greatly underperforming um, the market. Again, it fits a kind of Warren Buffett, uh, hey, if it's a well-run company, they're not making money now, but they'll make money in one to two years, he'll get in. Uh, he's not t- totally worried about that. So, Corey, I, I, my, my, you seem to be pretty well educated about looking at this stuff. I, you, you mentioned options plays yesterday, so I, I've told you that I don't necessarily do options. Um, I don't know. I, I probably would stay out of that one. I'd probably move more towards Oxy. He. He's got the ability to buy more oxy because he wants to take 50% of the company. He's not going to take a position uh, on the board or any kind of uh, actionable um, position. He's already said that. So I think I'd rather stay with oxy. Now, in regards to oxy, I was just looking at that chart when I was talking to you about it. Um, Let me pull it up again. When I look at oxy, there's, again, this is a four-hour chart on TrendSpider. You had a MACD cross down here on August 30th. The reason the algorithm didn't get you out is because the moving averages are well above even though the MACD crossed down. Now, over the next couple of days, if this capitulates around 70 or even goes down, uh, the algorithm will get you out. Um, I had a purchase of oxy. Let me see. Purchase of Oxy is, I've had two dividends on Oxy. Wow. I purchased it on March 7th and I purchased it at $62.93, which was way high. I've had a couple of uh, other purchases since then uh, at $59 and $58. So my dollar cost average is down to $60. Uh, I think I like this at $70 to sell. Um, the 52 week range, it did hit 77. So that's a 10% kind of downturn that I've held on to. But who could have told, you know, you can't time this thing by day. The 77 was hit um, two days ago. Again, this is kind of a, a downturn. It's a free fall. So do I want to sell this at 70 and have it go to 75 tomorrow? Nah. Yeah. Remember, my thing on energy is we're dealing with a supply crisis, not necessarily a demand crisis. Uh, and, and, and I explained this to three people yesterday, three people I responded to because three people asked me about energy. My belief in energy is that we have a supply crisis, not a demand crisis. Now, the reason things are coming down in energy is because there's this anticipation of a recession. What happens during recessions is that energy, specifically oil and gas, winds up being the the demands being squashed. Right now, you have the demand for oil and gas being squashed in China. China has a shortage of coal. Um, they have a uh, they don't have a shortage of oil and gas. Just the demand for oil and gas is down. They do have an energy crisis in China as well. So there are different kinds of energy, liquid natural gas. Uh, they're building more coal. They have some renewables. 
but China is is squashing demand with their COVID, their zero COVID policy. So they've got the equivalent of, I believe, um, uh, is it California and Texas completely shut down. Uh, and that, you know, again, think of going back to COVID where people aren't going into the office, people aren't uh, supporting local businesses, they aren't driving. Um, so oil is down. Remember, Oil went negative in this country. Negative. I lost a lot of money in oil when it went negative. Um, so I, I do believe that demand is being squashed because China is being uh, so uh, kind of zero policy on COVID. I think it's called the zero policy. Uh, when that changes, oil is going to go up. Then you've got the Iraq situation where you've got an unstable government with a million barrels a day potentially being taken off. Then you've got the Iran situation on the other side. If for some reason Biden signs an agreement with Iran to go back into the nuclear agreement with them, you got 2 million barrels a day. That's back on the open market. Now, there was a political incident with a drone yesterday with Iran where eh, there were some tensions. There was another drone incident with Taiwan, which kind of caused it was perfect timing it caused the market to go down so you do have some political tensions here but again uh it might be time to take some profits on some of these um oil companies um alexa was great alexis was great uh instagram um i told her yesterday she's like hey do you think they're gonna go up well if i knew that my ass would be jeff bezos or elon musk right now on a yacht i wouldn't be doing a podcast talking to um, 20-somethings about what stocks I like. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Everybody's, it's, it's just a guess, an educated guess at this point. But I do believe that we are looking at a supply problem. As I say that, Oxy is going up. Um, there was an energy name yesterday that was thrown out to me um, through an article, and it's Sempra. And Sempra, the, uh, the, the symbol is S-R-E, Sam Recluse Exclusive. Uh, and it's a Mexican name. So uh, this is a natural gas, uh, kind of like LNG. Um, let's go to Finviz. Operates an energy services holding company in the United States and internationally. The company's San Diego Gas and Electric Company segment provides electrical services and supplies natural gas. It offers electrical services to approximately 3.6 million people and natural gas services to approximately 3.3 million. Now, its Southern California gas company segment owns and operates a natural gas distribution, transmission, and storage system that supplies natural gas to a population of approximately 22 million people. They could take, uh, they have a Texas utility segment that engages in regulation, transmission, and distribution of electricity serving through 3.8 million homes and businesses. Um, there, this article that I read, and I don't know if it's on Finviz, um, essentially was like, hey, could Semper take some of their natural gas and sell it on the open market and make some money? Um, and I don't know where the article was or if it might have been one of these YouTube videos that I watch. Um, I, I do watch a lot of crap. I was on the phone with my friend last night. She's like, holy crap, you, you watch so much. Just the shit that random people wouldn't watch. Um, but Semper is one of those companies that came up it came up in, in, in something, and, and I thought of this. Now, I looked at the chart, and the chart is one of those that just, I mean, you got in at 145, and there's a significant volume shelf down around there. Let me pull it back to the high so I, I can look at this. Um, and, and so you guys know, if you're in TrendSpider and you're looking at a, a chart, uh, the volume-weighted average price over to the right when you see the bar lines those bar lines are, okay, from that date where you manually pulled this line, where are people holding where they bought in? And there is a significant line here at 162. So this has all the level of support here um, to continue this run. Now, you got in at 145. It's trading at 166. 
do I think that this has the ability to uh, move up and double? Probably not. LNG is probably the best example of this. And look at LNG. It's kind of dovetailing. It's going to get you out. Uh, LNG is probably going to get you out around 155, I think, today. Um, and that's a 128, and it went all the way up to 170. I, I kind of called it. I said, hey, it's dovetailing here a few days ago. If you're in it, I'd get out. You can get back in. The, the volume yesterday in the morning was huge. Part of the reason is because um, uh, Europe has said, Germany said, hey, we have enough natural gas in 85%, but the Nord Stream pipeline was just shut down by Putin again. And so that 85% reserves, if that's shut down over the winter, um, that 85% reserves gets depleted pretty damn quickly. But uh, SRE and LNG, I, I like LNG when it starts to turn back up. This is just a downturn a little bit. There is a significant volume shelf in LNG at about 150. I think that's where you're going to see some support level. Uh, I think 150 with LNG, get, get into it. Off to the races. I think you're going back up to 170, 180 in no time. Again, you're dealing with supply issues, not necessarily demand issues. Demand is going to go up. Seasonally, demand will go up. So uh, there's my take on that one. There was another one that I read or saw a story on yesterday, and it's Uber. And uh, the symbol is Uber. Um, these guys have both a, a transportation business and a food business. I am not a fan of the food business. DoorDash does a much, much better job of uh, preparing their restaurants, getting their drivers to deliver better. Um, they just have a better business. Now, you know, DoorDash does charge a little bit more. Um, that's the main difference. Now, with Uber, you've got a massive gap here between 26 and 24. And that was on the earnings when they finally announced earnings on August 1st. Um, I kind of said, hey, get into it, but I don't know that it's a good business to be in long term. This is a great trading stock. Now, the algorithm doesn't do great. It loses you 36%. Buying and holding only loses you 16%. I say only. The average win, though, is 12%. So the, the problem is that over 33 positions, you only have eight wins. So you've got to pick your wins pretty well. Now, you did just have... On August, uh, I'm sorry, July 18th, it got you in at 2316. Uh, it did not get you out at the top. I always talk about these dovetails. And if you pull up the Uber four hour chart, you can actually see it. Um, and it got you out on August 22nd with a 23% gain. Now, the, uh, the volume level here is an interesting one. Because there are a, when I pull this back to April, there are a significant amount, amount of people holding this at 23. There's also a, a pretty good shelf that was built up here at 32 when it got there in August. So um, I do think that that 32 price is probably going to be a magnet for this one. Uh, it's at 29 right now. So you're only 10% off of that. Do you go back to the highs of 40 and 50? Probably not. It doesn't have a MACD cross up yet, but it probably will over the next eh, today, tomorrow. Uh, but Uber's one that I would probably look at. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of time. Uh, Josh Brown and Surratt, that's where I got it. Josh Brown and Surratt on halftime on CNBC made the case that it's time to get into this one. Um, they have a taxi business. I didn't even know this. You can hail a taxi from Uber. Uh, there's a lot you can do in this app. And if they take, uh, one of the things that they were discussing was if they take the route <clears throat> that this is a super app and that they add more things into the Uber app and you use the Uber app for more than just food uh, and ride sharing, eh, might be a good thing for them. Um, so there's that one. Uh, LNG, Josh Brown saying it's one of the free, few that can ship liquid natural gas out of the U.S. So he, he made his case for LNG as well. Uh, LNG and Semper, I just went over it. Uh, energy CrowdStrike, 
CRWD. I didn't bring this up on the podcast. They had earnings yesterday. And the reason I didn't bring it up is go to Finviz. And when you look at CrowdStrike, they're not making money. And again, they lost money yesterday on their earnings. So I don't necessarily bring it up. Um, but it's one of these companies that will make money. Now, the problem is the forward PE is 108. There's no dividend. So you're just relying on growth. So it's a trading stock. In the algorithm, you do make 10% uh, through the algorithm. 32% is what you make with buying and holding. The average win is 14%. Now, the reason I didn't bring it up is because the algorithm did get you out. And, and I saw the MACD cross down happening. Uh, I didn't want to lead people in. Now, you're trading at 191. You could have made a little bit of money. There was, I, I think it was Corey again on um, on Instagram reached out to me and said, hey, why isn't CrowdStrike going up? I mean, they they announced a good number. Um, Pan, Pacific, uh, Pan W, uh, which is, um, I own Pan W as well. Um, Palo Alto Networks. They announced a good earnings on August 22nd, and it gapped up, and it's held. Um, CrowdStrike announced a good one, but it's not really up. It's down 1% today. Why is that? Well, if I go into Finviz and I look at CRWD, CrowdStrike is 108.05. They are second place. Uh, Palo Alto Networks is the largest cybersecurity here in the U.S., uh, so I look at, again, uh, CrowdStrike is number two, and they're at a forward PE of 108. Uh, year-to-date performance, they're down 5%. You go to Pan W, they're not making money either, but their forward PE is 49. Their performance year-to-date is similar. They're only up 0.52%, so they're only like 5% off. But Palo Alto Networks was trading down when it was in that 500 range right before earnings. So it was trading down compared to CrowdStrike. The reason CrowdStrike isn't up as much is because their forward PE is 100. That's the simple reason. Uh, did they blow it out? Absolutely. It's priced into the stock. So your forward PE, in, in my opinion, Palo Alto is cheaper it's a better run company. It's larger. Uh, I, they also have a three for one stock split coming up. Um, let me see. When is that? Uh, let's go to Pan W here in TrendSpider. And their catalyst, yeah, September 14th, three for one. Uh, it has been capitulating. It's been using this bottom 552 as a support to kind of go higher. Um. It, it right now is is overbought. It, the RSI is at 64. That MACD is up. CrowdStrike, on the other hand, uh, the RSI is at 46, and the MACD is just kind of hovering. I think CrowdStrike will probably trade between 180 and 200. Uh, I think in the near term, it's probably 188 to about 200. Uh, I have a position. In CrowdStrike, and my average price is 183. Um, I'm up 5% on it overall. It's not much. Uh, it's a small position. Well, it's $11,000. So it's not super, super small, but uh, I've made a couple of dollars on it. Not much. Probably take some profits. May roll those into Pan W. I also, by the way, have uh, Palo Alto Networks, but I, my Palo Alto Networks, my CrowdStrike is in my brokerage which means it's a taxable event when I sell. My Palo Alto Networks is in my IRA, which means it's a not taxable uh, event. You guys that ask me things like, hey, how should my portfolio be set up? You need to remember taxes. Taxes, even if you uh, lose 10% on a, uh, you know, a brokerage sale, there's at least some benefit to that. If you lose 10% on a brokerage sale, you can write that off against your taxes. If you lose 10% in a Roth IRA, in an IRA, in an HSA, there is no write-off for that. So uh, when you guys ask me, hey, you know, should I sell this for a loss and can I write it off? Know your taxable events as well. Um, you know, say you lose 10% on something, but you gain 15% on another. Uh, you can write that off against the 15% gain. 
on a 10% loss. There's no reason to hold on to stuff if you've got gains to write it off against each other, uh, unless you think it's going up again. Uh, something, and this was a good question. Um, somebody reached out to me. I think it was Jack on um, Instagram yesterday. I had a good discussion with him. And he was like, hey, here's my portfolio. Uh, you know, can you help me rebalance it? Well, I can't help you rebalance it, but what I can do is guide you. Uh, if you're looking at your portfolio, uh, what I want you to do daily, weekly, and monthly, and you can go back and do this, is look at the performance of a, um, a, an index, like the Dow, like the NASDAQ, or the S&P. One of those three. You can even do it against the Russell. Um, and look at the performance of your portfolio on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and on a monthly basis. You can get those numbers from Googling. Just Google it. Uh, you can get those numbers from Google Finance. What I want you to do is track your portfolio. Uh, Jack is in his 20s, and he has quite risky uh, take uh, on some things. Uh, and there's, there's several in there that weren't making money that I noticed. And, and I kind of tell you guys this. In this market, you want companies that make money. And the reason you want companies that make money, let's take Apple, for instance. Um, say you bought Apple. Um, let's see. I'm going to tell you the day that you bought Apple. Say you bought Apple on August 17th because you heard me saying, hey, um, Apple's my main, main portfolio. Uh, uh, you know, I, it's my largest position by far. And you guys think for some reason you should listen to me. Well, my first response to you would be don't listen to anybody on the internet when they tell you to buy something. You absolutely... And I told several people this yesterday because everybody was asking me, oh, well, should I sell? Should I buy? Blah, blah, blah. I want you guys to treat a stock purchase, whether it's $10, whether it's $20,000. I want you to treat it like a car. And I want you to look at Finviz. I want you to look at the articles on Finviz. I want you to look at the charts, whether it be on TradingView, which is free, whether it be on uh, TrendSpider. Uh, you take a seven-day trial by clicking on the uh, the link tree that I have. Um, you you can do, you need to understand where the chart's going and where it's going. You know, if you looked at August seventeenth and you look at it daily, just look at it daily. You don't even have to look at, at a four-hour chart like I do, but a daily, you would have seen. Yes, it has confirmation, but God, the RSI is at seventy-six now. Here's where my point is in buying companies that make money. If you had bought Apple on August 17th and you bought it in a retirement account and you're like, maybe I should trade it at 165 um, at, because I think it's going to go down to 160. My advice to you would be absolutely not because you don't know if the next day it's going to gap up to 180. Say for some reason they come out and say, uh, yeah, we're developing a car. Boom. 180. I mean, you know, again, you can't time these things. I don't care what algorithm I buy. It's backwards facing. It's not forward facing. So you can't time these things. Say you bought Google. Um, and I led my parents into Google. Uh, and remember, for Google, it's G-O-O-G-L because that's the one that they buy back. I led my parents into Google back in June. I said at 110, you're crazy if you don't buy this one. Uh, it's now down at 110. Could they have made money on it? Absolutely, they could have made money on it. They could have made their 10% by selling it at about 120. Um, there's no reason. No reason whatsoever. You can't time these things. In fact, I will tell you, Google is probably going to have a MACD cross up in the next couple of days. If you can get this under 110, I think you're looking good on Google. And it's long-term. Identify your time frame. Identify your tax situation. Identify your wants and needs. And if your portfolio is underperforming the S&P uh, on a daily, on a weekly, and a monthly, you need to rebalance. Absolutely, you need to rebalance. Now, there are many portfolios that are underperforming this year. And maybe you don't want to take a loss. I would tell you, you're probably just too risky. And, and with interest rates, if you look at the 10-year uh, interest rate, I think it's at 3.2% right now, uh, that is going to 4%. So your upstarts, your uh, NEOs, 
your uh, Lucids, your Rivians that are not making money. As those interest rates go up, those companies will start to come down in their stock price because their multiples be, will be what's called compressed. So what I, what I want you to do is I want you to have a balanced portfolio that includes some of these high growth tech names. And, and again, if you're losing sleep over your portfolio too, just buy SPY. Just buy one of those Vanguard S&P tracking funds that I talked about uh, a few weeks ago. I'll kind of put them out there again. Um, the high net worth group, there's a lot of guys who just have their money in that stuff. So there's my take on CrowdStrike. Why it didn't go up. Bed Bath & Beyond, holy train wreck. Uh, <laughs> um, so what they announced today was a, dil a, dil a, dil a dil dilution. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> I stuttered. Um, a dilution. So they announced that they didn't do it. But they announced that, hey, we're going to uh, raise some capital here soon. And they will probably do it while it's in the nines. Because today, it tracked all the way from $12. Yesterday, for some reason, um, in pre-market, it went from, well, I should say on, I guess, Monday it was. Uh, yeah, Monday. It kind of shot up for unknown reasons. I, I don't know why. Uh, the buying pressure was there, whether it was short. I don't know, but they announced dilution. If you were short on this, if you had puts on this, you made money. Uh, kudos to you. Probably should have because it was pretty obvious to me that they, they weren't going to announce anything. Not only did they announce dilution, they said, hey, we're going to uh, close stores. We're also going to lay off workers. Uh, and we have no plans to sell our um, uh, baby unit, which is the only uh, unit that's making money. So there really wasn't a plan. When Ryan Cohen got out, he was signaling you, hey, I made a ton of money. I'm going to get out because this, this business has no worth whatsoever. So Bed Bath & Beyond, if you got out at 10, kudos, high five. I just saved you 10%. Um, if you got out at 13, fantastic. If you got out at 20, even better high five. It's a trading stock. Uh, let's look at Baba. I'm going to go over. So that's kind of all the news that I have. Um, so what I'm going to do is just kind of look at some stocks. So Baba's a uh, chart. I, I talked about Baba, anything under a hundred, I think you should buy. Um, I kind of said, Hey, 95 is probably my price point here. 92 probably would be, um, you know, it, it did gap down here. It had a gap here of, uh, 93 to 94. It's covered that gap. It's back up at 97. Uh, you're still in this $87 trade. So it hasn't gotten you out of this one. It just kind of popped back up. Uh, I like it. Anything under 100, I would say you're probably okay. Because if the US and China decide, hey, we're not going to uh, delist the Chinese stocks in the US, you're fine. Just remember, what you're buying is not actually part of a company. You are buying a uh, offshore stock that uh, has almost zero value. And that's why a lot of hedge funds and stuff kind of got out. App Harvest, we talked about it yesterday. It got you out with a 7% loss. It's under $3. Um, it's not getting you back in, but the RSI is kind of trending up. I think $3 is kind of the pivot on this one if you wanted to play it. Again, this is a company that's not making money. Love the story. Love the company. Hate the stock. It's just my thing. Uh, FCX, which is Freeport Mac, uh, McMoran, uh, a materials company. Got you out yesterday. Jim Cramer was touting this one. That's the kiss of death. Uh, and if you haven't watched it, Jim Cramer's cringe moment is on Comedy Central. Um, it's online. You can watch it. Specifically, uh, parts two and three is where he just gets uh kind of put in his place and you can see it's not a good it's not a good human um again what he's done in the past kind of points him in that direction now cleveland cliffs uh, i talked about this it did get you out yesterday the algorithm i don't think that that's a horrible thing I again remember we talked about i just talked about this 
a company that's making money. So depending on your tax situation and where you bought this, you may want to get out to 10% loss um, at 17.33 right now. Uh, if we are going into recession, uh, your RSI is only at 39. I don't know that you're necessarily gapping down. I don't know that there's necessarily a huge loss in this one. What you are dealing with is if we go into a recession, this one could get hurt further. Uh, I think the bottom is right around 1677. Uh, if you want to know the truth, there's this gap here between 15 and 1550 that has not been covered. There is a volume shelf around 1533 as well. Uh, you would have to break down below 16 to get to that level. Uh, I think I would put a stop loss here at about 1660 just to be round. Because if we get down to 1660, I think you have more downside than upside. The RSI is at 39. This is going to have another MACD cross up at some point. I still like the company. Um, they're well run. Uh, Oracle Corporation, we talked about this one. Uh, it got you out here on August 23rd with a 5% gain. Uh, I've talked about this one before. Under 70, buy it. Over 70, I think you sell it. 70, I think, is your number. They've got earnings coming up September 12th. Mm, I don't know that I'd necessarily count on earnings to pop that one. Qualcomm, I talked about it yesterday. It's down even further. It's at 133. There is a gap here between 129 and 128. I think if it goes down and it, it, it even touches this gap, it probably won't do it today. Very well may, but the RSI is at 32. Again, remember, oversold officially is under 20. 32 is getting damn close to 20. Um, that MACD is still down. It's looking horrible. The ex-dividend date is today. So you, you've got the ex, the dividend taken out of this one. It's at 133. Uh, I think if you touch anything below 130, I think you could safely buy it and get in that one. Uh, it got you, it, you'd be out right now. That MACD is, it's clearly out. The last purchase at 150. Uh, if you're holding this one at 150, Again, maybe dollar cost average. I like the company. Again, Qualcomm, I think, is a good company. Buy companies that you don't mind holding through a quote-unquote uh, recession. Wow, Snap. I just talked about Snap. Uh, oh, they talked about restructuring. That's what's causing it. Okay, I'm, I've got Snap in my, uh, in my list to talk about. Uh, I may change my notes, actually, just based on this. Uh, and yeah, I'm doing this one late because I think a lot of you guys listen on the way home and I wanted to look at this. So uh, Simon Property Group, we talked about this one. August 23rd, it got you out with a 10% gain. I talked about, you know, you could have gotten up. There's a MACD cross coming up here soon. Their ex-dividend date is September 8th. I think you could look at this one. Uh, the floor on this is 100. So if you get under 100, you're trading at 104. If you get under 100, I think you could safely buy it. Will you go down to 97 and lose 3%? Yeah, do you go down to 95 and lose 5%? I don't think so. Simon Property Group has a fantastic dividend. Um, let's look at Simon Property Group and Finviz. And I'm going into Finviz because you guys have Finviz. 6.74% to forward P of 16. Uh, or I'm sorry, 17, a P of 16. Um, the SKT is one of their competitors, uh, PE of 20 of 39 forward PE of 21. So you can see, uh, and Tanger has a, uh, 5.13% dividend. Uh, this one Tanger I've traded between 15 and 20 over the last, you know, year. Um, I want to say two years. I mean, I've, I've made some money on this one in, in, in previous, I don't think it's this year. Maybe it was last year. Um, but I like Simon Property Group better than Tanger. Uh, if you go to Tanger outlets, eh, they're okay. I think Simon Property Group has, has better, better outlets, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and they're much better run. Now, performance year to date, it's 35% down. It's 11% off its 52-week low of 93. It's 39%, almost 40, off its 52-week high, which was 171. So I do like Simon Property Group. You are going to have a cross up here probably in the next few days, and it's right before the ex-dividend date, and you've got a 6% dividend date paid quarterly to so divide six by four and 
you have your dividend that you'll get paid. Um, and you can just hold it on that one day. Um, United Healthcare. So look at so one of the things I was looking at is healthcare because it's very defensive. United Healthcare has an ex dividend date coming up on September 9th. Their RSI is down at 34. Uh, this is a stock that if you don't have it in your portfolio, it probably should be in your portfolio. Uh, I don't have any healthcare. Perfectly honest and and perfect, you know, uh, full disclosure, no healthcare. Uh, in fact, I, I take that back. I do have Pfizer and I've had Moderna every now and then. Um, I trade Moderna, but I hold on to Pfizer because Pfizer has a good dividend. They have a good um, uh, stable of drugs. They're not as prone to just COVID. Uh, but we'll talk about Moderna in a little bit. I talked a little bit about it yesterday and that I think Moderna will uh, come back into the news. But 506 and 511 is a gap with UNH. Um, I think that's where it's going. be perfectly honest with you, there's no upward movement in this one. But another healthcare company that I wanted to show you is AbbVie. And the reason I wanted to show you AbbVie is because they probably will have a MACD cross-up. Now, AbbVie... AbbVie has been on a tear. This is a $100 stock trading at $134. Uh, it's probably got more downside, but as we get closer to a, um, a, a potential recession, healthcare becomes a safety. Uh, you're seeing it go down just because it's had quite a run. Uh, again, I think it's $110 to $120 stock. It's at $134. So I think you can look for more downside on this one, but I wanted to bring it up because it is um, uh, AbbVie and, and UNH are the ones that I like. Costco got you out on August 26th with a 17% gain. If you want to see that 4% kind of dovetail like I talked about, it's here on this one, 459, uh, 521. I think you go down to probably about 510 on this one. Um, the RSI is at 32. Their uh, earnings are coming up September 22nd. <clears throat> you have plenty of time. I wouldn't buy anything before September because September 1st is when the Fed starts selling um, some of their assets. And we'll see what that does to the market because buyers have not been showing up. Um, let's talk about Deer. Kind of said Deer had a MACD cross up. Um, and it was a double cross up. And I said, I wouldn't buy it and it has that dovetail. Well, it's kind of gotten down. Uh, it's going to have a MACD cross down. And the two moving averages that I use, they're, they're still above. So you're not really looking at anything. But there is a clear, clear volume shelf here at 361. Um, let me pull this back a little bit so I include some other dates in this. Um, let's see. Oh, move for me, will you? Uh, yeah. 365. I mean, it's bouncing off. It's kind of using this as support level. If you miss this support level, I think you're going down to 340. Um, that would be my my guess on deer. Uh, but clearly, it has been out of favor ever since that double cross. Now you had a buy in here at 299 on July 7th, so you've enjoyed quite a move. Um, and it was a, a, a MACD cross-up that I kind of brought up uh, that we saw further downside after the MACD cross-up. So you could have gotten this even down to 280, it looks like. Um, but uh, yeah, we went over Qualcomm. We went over Cleveland Cliffs. Moderna, since we were on, just on healthcare, I should probably just move into this one. You don't have a MACD cross-up. It is coming soon. Um, the Pfizer drug was just announced with Omicron. They're going into uh, uh, trials. You just had a MACD cross up on this one. Um, it's probably going to come up in this candle or tomorrow's candle. The RSI is at 33. It's clearly bouncing. I think this is where you bounce. The last time you had it this low, uh, it was a cross up on June 21st at 132. You rode this all the way till June 27th, a 17% gain, but you clearly had a dovetail and you could have gotten out earlier. Um, but right after you got out, it even spiked even higher to almost 200. Uh, it was at 197. So uh, I think you could play this one. Again, the, the issue you want with Moderna, you don't want to go into the year, end of the year holding Moderna because 
it's a hype play. And the problem is, uh, come next year, governments don't have funding to actually buy the vaccine. So there's going to be issues there. Um, DRV, we talked about DRV yesterday. Uh, it was another good day for DRV. You still have confirmation in this one. It's starting to dovetail, which may mean to me that maybe we see an oversold. Uh, again, when you look at the SPY, we've retraced 50% of the gain from June until August. So you went up, uh, what, 20%? Came back down 10%. Uh, if you look at the SPY, there's a clear shelf here at 390. If we go below 390 on SPY, I, I think you've got a problem. That directly relates to DRV. DRV is a short uh, three-time leveraged real estate bear. So when the market goes down, DRV goes up. I think you've got a clear uh, issue here with the real estate market. I think this one, uh, if you got in with the MACD cross up at 35, like I said, and you're at 45, I'd sell at 45. Take your profits in this one because it's a decaying asset. Absolutely take your profits in this one. Uh, let's look at some of the canopy stocks. CGC, uh, not canopy stocks, pot stocks. Clearly, you should get out of this one. Uh, the MACD is crossing down. This has a complete uh, failure. Your average win on this one, though, is 27%, but you only had eight wins out of 32 positions. So eh, I'm not huge on this one. Um, but it is the biggest um, uh, pot stock, and I talked about it yesterday. Micron, we talked about Micron. I liked it at 60. I like it even more at 56. Um, you know, this isn't one that you typically would go into and say, I want a four day, 10% gain. You hold this one. Remember we talked about companies that are making money. If it goes down, you take a, a look at your position, uh, and you identify, yeah, I can hold it or no, I don't want to hold it. Micron's one of those companies. Um, I like it. Now, uh, I am, how far am I into this? 46 minutes. I'm tr going to try and keep this under an hour. Uh, scans. Uh, well, I shouldn't talk about it. Let me talk about Snap. Snap announced that they are laying off 20% of their workforce. It is a crazy, crazy, um, over-bloated company, if that's the case. They announced a restructuring. They announced that they're actually making money uh, in this quarter. So they pre-announced some of their earnings. That's why you're seeing it pop. Um, let's see. It is up 15% today. That's after being down at $9. You could have made yourself 20% if you bought this at nine. I would have told you absolutely do not buy this at nine. Um, I think even at 11, I wouldn't buy this at 11. The 52 week range is between nine and 83. A year ago, this was $83. Um, the 10-day volume is $43 million. 90-day volume is $53 million. It hasn't been traded. It's only 4% short. Uh, I use Snapchat. I throw up some photos every now and then. Um, a lot of my friends' kids use Snapchat, so we use the filters back and forth. It's a good way to kind of keep in touch with some folks um, and not necessarily you know, load up storage on your phone. Uh, instead of snap, I would probably be, and by the way, the algorithm has you out of snap, but that MACD is crossing up today because of this gap up run. Uh, and it will not gap up. This is just going to run. So mind you, uh, snap, you average win is 14%. I think you could win on this one. If you get in, I, I would say get in below 11, uh, right now it's at 1150. I don't know that you'll have another chance to get it at 11. Uh, but if you're holding that one, good. The other, the, the, the two that I would buy into, and, and the one is Pinterest. And the reason I would get into Pinterest is because there's a management group that is trying to maximize um, shareholder value in Pinterest. And it gapped up when that was announced. And it gapped here from 20 up to 22. You're trading at 23.47 right now. If I had to guess, I would, would say that probably 22, uh, 25, 22, 25 is probably the bottom as to where I would put in an order to buy. 
I don't think I'd buy it here at 23 because while you do have confirmation, it is expensive. The RSI's um, right now here at 23 is at 60. Um, the MACD is kind of crossing down. You have the, the news on Snap. The one that I think you should get into if you wanted to is Meta. And I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. Love Instagram. Uh, not a huge fan of Facebook, but the RSI is at 51. This one's kind of been floundering here between 150 and 200. Um, there's a clear, clear volume shelf here at 156 where you're trading at right now. I'm sorry, you're at 166 right now. Yesterday, you were at 156. So you've got a clear volume shelf here. Um, you have a MACD cross-up coming soon. I think you could ride this for another, you know, 180. Uh, if the market goes up, it's up 5% today, by the way. I do have a small position in Meta, but I think it's at 310. It's my average purchase price. Um, so now scan, and then I'll go into energy. There were a couple of scans. Remember yesterday was a bad day. So when you scan for MACD cross-ups, which is what my algorithm is based on, which is what I like to buy on, it's hard to find those on down days because typically you're going to see a MACD cross down, not up on down days. So the, the rebound happens when you start going up. There was a stock that came up. Uh, it is Robinhood, H-O-O-D. The cross-up happened at $9.47. You're trading at $9.62. The RSI is a little bit high at $49. Um, I found others, but I couldn't justifiably recommend the others. This is one that I don't necessarily... Let me yell at the dog. How dare another dog come into our uh, field of view. She's standing here. Uh, and if you're watching on Twitch, you got me, you got to see me yell at her. But Robinhood, I'm not a fan of. It's not a good brokerage firm. Um, getting your money out is near impossible. It's like a seven to 10 day wait. Um, if you transfer to Fidelity, I believe it's like a three or four day. Um, Fidelity has significantly more tools um, to try and monitor stocks, to try and find stocks, to try and find ETFs. You can walk into a Fidelity office. And talk to somebody face-to-face. -face. You can't do that with Robinhood. So I do think that Fidelity is a, a better brokerage. I don't think that Robinhood has the ability to grow. Um, when, and I talked about this with the GameStop thing where um, Robinhood prohibited uh, buying of GameStop. Uh, and they only allowed selling of GameStop. There was a hint of Citadel Hey, you know, we funded Robin Hood and um, Melvin Capital is losing a ton. If you want to watch the HBO documentary, it's pretty clear. Hey, there were some backroom dealings, but we're never going to tell anybody there was backroom dealings. Um, now, I do think that Robin Hood limiting that probably saved the market as well, because the market with Citadel, if Citadel had lost their shirt, the back end of the market would have probably crashed as well. Uh, there And again, watch that Jim Cramer uh, interview because it's the same thing. Uh, CNBC's touting all this stuff and um, putting it on air and then they're touting Robin Hood and they have Vlad on all the time and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I would, you know, again, you can trade this stock. Now, the, the performance of the algorithm, it loses you 65%. The average win is only 4% on this one. And you only out of 18 positions win on five. Do I think you could go to 11 on this? I think you could. And, and, and you know, again, I don't want to tell you, hey, um, buy this one at 10 and, and then go to 11. It's at $9.61, so it's a little bit up from the 947 where the trigger was. Again, you can't time this stuff. Uh, if you got it around $9, I think you could easily, um, I, I think my guess would be with this MACD cross-up, Put in a price. If you want to trade Robinhood, put it in at 876. You know, have a stop loss. Have a 5% stock loss because you'll easily go down to seven. You can buy more at seven. But I think it's found a home here between seven and 10. Um, you know, and it'll pop up to 11. It'll pop up to 12 every now and then. It's just not a good business. So let's go over some of the energy stocks. We've talked about ConocoPhillips. Um, which is COP, 
It's lost. Uh, it's got seven, one, two, three, three gaps on the way up from 87 to 109. Um, it traded all the way up to 115. Uh, do I think you should get out at 109? The algorithm says no. It's still crossing down. Uh, I think it'll cross down in the next day or so. Uh, I think it's going to capitulate here. What you've got are governments trying to manipulate the price of oil. And and you've got the Saudis, you've got the oil producers trying to manipulate it up by saying, hey, we might cut production. You've got the U.S. Uh, digging into their uh, emergency reserves and you've got Europe funding some of the oil and not necessarily limiting Russia from actually getting their barrels out on the market. Um, but you do have a December 5th Russian embargo uh, and, and some of the sanctions against Russia uh, in Europe. If that happens, you're going to see, again, a demand issue, a demand supply issue, I should say. So ConocoPhillips, eh. If you run from 87 all the way up to 110, maybe take some profits. But I do think that, that you're going to go back up. Devon is a good example. Uh, I think 65 is what I, it's back over 70. Uh, it was under 70 today. So the RSI is back down at 56. The MACD's crossed down. Am I getting out? I might sell half my position because we're over 70. And remember, my pivot on this one was 60. Uh, there is a clear volume shelf here at $70 that's providing some type of support today. Um, we've kind of broken through it, but it's at really at 68.43. If we break 68.43 on a close today, I think you're going to 65 and I'll probably sell at that 68 level. Uh, but again, Devin is the one in my IRA. So there is no problem selling. I'm at 30% gain on this one. Um, with my current lot. So uh, Devin, I think, is, is, is right there. Oxy is kind of trading right alongside Devin, uh, $71.43. Now, there's a clear volume shelf here at 67. Uh, let's say 68. If you break 68, uh, close on Occidental, I would say take your profits. There is this dovetail here. And the dovetail kind of tells me, hey, the algorithm might get you out just because it's over overbought. Uh, if it does get you out, you can always get back in. You can buy other energy names. Uh, let's look at Exxon. I said anything under 100, buy. You're at $95 on Exxon. There's a clear volume shelf here at 92. That is the bottom. If you break 92, we're probably going down to 88. But Exxon is one of those you can hold on to. It's making money. All of these are making money. So even if you lose in the short term, don't be afraid to hold on to it. Because again, I think we're dealing with a, a, a supply issue. Chevron, perfect setup. Now, would I buy in here? I don't think so. You've got a MACD cross down. You've got the RSI at 46. You don't have a catalyst in Chevron. Uh, now, if you break 154 today, you're going down to 148. Uh, that is kind of my prediction. So a, again, you've got a, a, a um, uh, administration in the U.S., which is you know, probably the most powerful administration in the world, that wants the, the oil price down. And we talked about this earlier in the show. If there is a recession happening, demand will be destroyed. With interest rates going up, Demand will be destroyed. We saw this over the summer when you saw the high in June in oil, and then oil started to uh, really come down. And I'm looking at Chevron. Chevron on June 8th traded at 180. Okay. It came all the way down one month later to 130. Now it's back up at 158. 160 is my kind of uh, pivot on this one. But you saw this, that June number all the way to that July number, that was because demand was killed. Demand, people were driving less here in the US. Uh, people were driving less in Europe. People were driving less in China because of the COVID policies. So you saw that. Right now you're at 95 on Exxon. You're at one, and I'd say, you know, anything under 100, it's going to go over 100 again. You know that. Uh, are you going to miss 3 4% down? You could. 
But again, if you're buying and you don't worry about it and you want to make money, it's what's called a swing trade, not a day trade. Swing trade is anything over a day. Swing it. Now, you're, you're, you're kind of uh, triple levered kind of stuff. You don't want to swing that one. You want to day trade that one. But let's look at another uh, great one, FANG, a Diamondback Energy. Uh, this one's at 133. Um, you're probably moving down. Again, there's a clear volume shelf here at 127. If we clear 125, look out below. There is no shelf whatsoever. Your gap here from 109 to 111 will probably be filled. But FANG is another one. You've got no catalyst coming up until your earnings in October. Uh, but it's making a ton of money. So you've got a, a, a great amount. So say you sell your Devon and you want to get back into energy. Uh, pick one of the other names if you're in a taxable uh, brokerage account because you'll have what's called a, um, you know, if, you, if you're taking a loss, I should say. If you're making gains, just freaking buy back in. Just buy back in. But if you're taking losses on some energy, which I can't imagine that you are, because if you're taking losses on energy, you bought way back here at the June highs. And Diamondback, for instance, traded up to 162. Um, you're at 133 right now. Do I think it's going back up to 160? Probably at some point. Uh, again, I can't tell you yes or no. I can only tell you what I think is going to happen. But every expert that I listen to says that this... You know, we're dealing with a supply issue. So uh, I'll leave you with that one. Uh, TQQQ, I will tell you, um, it is back down below 29. It's a 28.50. This is a day trade. It's got no confirmation. You're seeing it go down right now. SQQQ has been your play. Let's pull them up on the algorithm. TQQQ, I think it got you out. Yeah, you'd be out since August 22nd but you made an 18% gain. The RSI on TQQQ is 30. It's kind of trending back up. I think you've got some support here at 20, 28. 28 is your support level. By the way, if you break that 28, you're going down to 24. So uh, I don't know that that's necessarily a good idea to trade based on a four-hour chart on this one because, again, it's a decaying asset. Now, SQQQ, uh, another great trade. God. August 17th, it got you in at 33. You're at 44 right now. Great trade. Algorithm worked on that one. But again, this is something that I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing. If you knew that we had this huge downside, I'd recommend it all day. Let's look at UCO and SCO. SCO has been your trade. Uh, actually, ironically, uh, UCO still has you in at a 35.26 on August 19th. It's at $34. Could have gotten out with a gain all the way up to 39. So you could have gotten your 10% out of it. But if you held on to it, you've gapped down. Um, let's look at Boyle. Boyle, I talked about having that little dip. Boyle will get you out today. I think those moving averages are crossing over. Uh, and you're under 100. Uh, kind of told you, hey, at 123. It's a big candle up there. Um, yeah. There's still a gap here between 64 and 67 that hasn't been filled. It might get down there, but you're dealing with a supply issue. Uh, KOLD, I think, has been a good one. You got in at 1044. You're at 1107. I think anything under 11, I think you can. KOLD, I think you can probably buy that one because, again, governments are going to start to bring this down. But. Uh, let's talk about Mara. Let's look at Mara real quick. And I think that's going to be it. Uh, Mara, we, didn't, we don't have a MACD cross-up, but damn, it's looking good. Um, I told you anything under 11. I think it's at 1170. Yesterday's range was 1166 to 1224. Um, it's crashing right now. Um, I would say, uh, let's see. Your kind of support level here, it's hard to tell because it's got no confirmation right now. Um, I wouldn't buy it right now. The RSI on a five-minute chart's down at 38, uh, but it's got nothing. I would say closer to 11.50. If you can get it at yesterday's, um, yesterday's lows, let's see. 
today. Look at yesterday's lows. Yeah, closer to 11. I think 11 is a good Omera. Okay, I am done. I have uh, recorded for an hour and four minutes. So giving you great ideas. Again, some of these trades, guys, you guys have killed it if you're taking it. Um, energy, it's kind of moving up a little bit. Devin is no longer down. It's down by 1%. Oxy's down 1.6%. Exxon is moving down a little bit, 1.3%. Just looking at my um, portfolio. Let's see. The uh, Let's refresh. The Dow is down by 0.2. The NASDAQ is kind of even 0.05. Um, and the S&P is down by 0.1. I personally am down by 0.07. So... Again, track yourself against the indices. If you're not doing that, you're not doing yourself any favor. Because again, if you're not beating the S&P, you're not doing yourself any favor. You could literally just buy SPY. You could buy one of those Vanguard uh, ETFs, have zero next close to zero fees and be doing better. So if you're not beating the S&P, don't try and do that with trading. Most people lose on trading. I'll give you the ideas. Tesla's down at 275. I think anything under, uh, I think I said 260 is what I kind of calculated on Tesla. Um, Uvixi at 1025. The VIX is back down at 25.92. It's down 1% today. That Uvixi, as the Fed starts selling in September, I think you're going to see that pop back up to 11 or 12. Um, do I want you to buy it today at 1025 and hold on to it? No, because it's the end of the month. Don't buy anything at the end of the month, and we're on a Wednesday. Uh, maybe wait till tomorrow to see what how the the month starts off uh, to see if Taiwan has an issue with these drones from uh, China, whether Iran has an issue with the drones from the U.S., whether there's another escalation there. Um, but Mark is kind of flat. I've told you guys, just you know, hold on to your horses. Three nineties, the spy. Um, uh, level that we're really looking at. If we don't close below 390 in the next couple of, I'd say this week, uh, it's at 398 right now. Uh, it hasn't touched 390 today. The lowest it's gotten is 397. Um, so 390 is kind of a key level. If you break through that, look out below. But I think we're going to use that as support level. Uh, and it could be for a little while. Our earnings have to come down. So, uh, Take my advice for what it's worth. If you have any questions, reach out on Twitter, reach out on Instagram. Thank you to so much to everybody who supports the podcast. If you want to find the support, it's in the link tree uh, up top. Uh, just look at my Instagram. Just look at my Twitter. I, I include it in every episode too, just the link to support. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who supports it. Uh, I appreciate it and have fun. <laughs>